Morning, church. Welcome for those of you who are viewing us online. As the ushers are finishing up, let me just do a recap. We are in this series called Awesome God. And of course, when we end this series today, we're going to conclude in the series, but we're not going to stop on the theme of Awesome God. So let's just do a recap. Week one, we're now in week six. On week one, um, uh, how did this happen? God revealed himself to man or to people through their encounters or through oh, God encountered people. And through that encounter, God revealed himself to them or to us, really. So in week one, it was Moses. Moses encountered God in the burning bush. And God revealed himself to Moses as the Yahweh or the I am. I am that I am. In week two, Pastor Mark brought the message to us. And it was uh, Gideon. Gideon encountered God and God said, peace. Do not be afraid, you will not die. So the revelation of God in week two was he was the Yahweh Shalom, or we were more familiar as Jehovah Shalom. In week three, it was uh, Chris that brought us the message, and it was uh, Hagar, 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 and it was at the well, the Be'ir Lahai Ro'i, or which is the well that God sees, and where God sees, God had compassion. And then week four, of course, it was Abraham. Abraham had an encounter with God at the, mount, uh, the mountain of Moriah. And it was on that top of the mountain where God provided the lamb as a burnt offering. And, and Abraham called that mountain the mountain where God will provide or Yahweh Yireh. And then, of course, last week, Jared brought to us, uh, it was Jacob who had an encounter with God. And Jacob wrestled with God. And finally, Jacob uh, realized that, hey, I cannot, win the, I cannot win in this wrestling match. So he called him the El Shaddai, the God who is all-powerful. Amen? So that's what, we have been, uh, that's what we have gone through. And today we're going to look at one more person, another encounter with God. And we're going look to at, look at another revelation of the, names of, of the name of God. You ready? So, go ahead. so Luke chapter 1, verse 25 to 32 or 34, I believe. So let me read. So verse 26, it reads, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she but when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Verse 30, Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Verse 31, And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called Son of God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Father, thank you that this is the power, Father, that your word is the Father. So I pray, Father, right now that you would open our eyes to see what the scripture is telling us. Open our ears so we can hear what, you're, uh, what you, you have for us today and open our hearts to receive the things that you have for us today. 
This I ask in Jesus' name, amen. So in this passages, we see for the first time in the book of Luke, the word or the name Jesus is mentioned. And also it tells us who, what is he like. It says that he would be great. He would be called the son of the highest. The, son, the God of the highest is, is the same God that we've been looking at. And the Lord will give him the throne of his father, David. He's going to be a king. And then it says that he will reign in the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. And once more, he was called the son of God. So the name, the, the, now going to verse 31. Let me ask you this question first. So whose idea is it to give the name Jesus? It was... It wasn't Mary's idea. It wasn't Joseph's idea. It was what? It was God's idea. It was God's idea to name the child Jesus. And I want you to keep that in mind, okay? It was God's idea to, to name the child Jesus. So go ahead and uh, let's look at the next uh, slide. So in the next slide, this is what Jesus means. In our English Bible, it's Jesus. Jesus is, is what we read. But in the Greek, since the New Testament was originally written in, written in Greek, it is Jesus. Jesus. It's like uh, it's like your Spanish Jesus, which means Joshua. But in Hebrew, it's really Yehoshua, which is comprised of a two word meaning Yahweh and Yesha, and Yesha there means to deliver. So the meaning of the name that God gave is Yahweh saves or Yahweh is salvation. Amen? That's why I asked you, whose idea was it to name the child Jesus? It was God's idea. It was God's heart. God's heart is to save. Now, I mean, save from what? Why do we need salvation? Why do we need to be delivered? You know, we can know about Jesus. We can talk about what salvation is, uh, is all about. We can look for the definition of salvation. But salvation is best, how do you, how do you say it? It's best known if we experience it for ourselves. Man? Just like the, 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 the man and the women that we have gone through these past five weeks, they, and there's always an encounter with God. When God rebuilt himself, it was through their encounter. Remember? Moses, Hagar, uh, uh, Gideon, uh, Jacob, Abraham, all of them encountered God. So the best way to understand salvation is to experience it and to encounter it. So in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, this is what it says. Paul writes, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. So in order for us to encounter salvation, we got to encounter the gospel. So today I want to share with you my personal experience, my first encounter with the gospel. Man, it was back in 1997 when I first encountered the gospel. Now, it, I encountered it through a track called Two-Question Test. How many of you have heard of that, the Two-Question Test? Okay, very few people. That's good. That's a good thing. So the two-question test is simple. This is the first question. First question asks this. If you were to die today, do you think that you will go to heaven? Okay, 
very, very simple, right? I said in the first service, you know, marriage has a 50% chance of uh, staying married because you can get a divorce, but that is 100% guarantee. <laughs> okay, that may not be a joke, okay? I understand. But it's 100% guarantee. The Bible says it is destined for man to die once. So, you know, but hey, you can answer this. So if this is the first time for you to hear this uh, or you go through this two-question test, you know, Come along with me. So if you were to die today, do you think that you will go to heaven? You can, no wrong answer. It's either yes, no, I don't know, maybe, or I hope so, right? I hope so. So I started to think. I mean, I, 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 I didn't really grow, I, I, my spiritual life was not all there. I did not really grow up church, religiously a church, but I did go to a Catholic school for uh, elementary and then also for high school. And because I went to a Catholic school, we actually uh, uh, memorized certain things. And in fact, going to church every, uh, every, uh, every once in a while, I've actually memorized the Apostles' Creed. So I think, hey, probably this, this is a basis for me to, uh, to, to get to heaven. So until now, I still, I still have it. I still memorize it here. Let me, let me uh, recite it for you. So the Apostles' Creed, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of the heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, <clears throat> Son our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. Hence, he shall come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life. I'm sorry, this itchy throat. I believe in the Holy Catholic Church. That's how, that's how, we, that's how we remember it. That's how we recited it. The communion of saints. The, res the, the forgiveness of sin, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. See? I, it's okay. Okay, thank you. Yes, I remember, because I, I would come to church, yes. I went to a Catholic school, yes. So, I, you know, we memorized it. So, somehow the question said, probably I think. I think I may be. Probably this is a, this is a basis for me going to heaven. But it's really the second question that really be, made me think. And this is the second question. So the second question is this, okay, you're, you're dead, okay, you died, you're face to face with God. Now God, if God were to ask you this, so why should I let you into my heaven? What would you say? So this is my first encounter of the gospel. It was through this, this two-question test. Why should I let you into my heaven? So I've already told you, hey, I, 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 I know the Apostles' Creed, probably that's a basis for me to make it into heaven. And in the, in the hometown that I, I kind of grew up in, there's a, this two big a ten command, a statue of the Ten Commandments. And I said, hey, I, uh, based on the Ten Commandments, I've not really uh, done anything wrong. I've never killed anybody. So, you know, I had my own answer set before me. But then again, I realized that for every answer I had that I'm thinking to give God, I discovered that the Bible also has something to say about it. So, okay, so I believe in God. I said, hey, I believe in God, but it says in James, this is what it says in James. James chapter 2, verse 19. You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. It's like, what? So me believing in God doesn't make me any better than the devil. You realize that? That's what it's really saying. 
hey, but, okay, so I moved on. I said, but, but I, 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 I've never hurt anybody. I haven't murdered anybody. I tried to keep the commandments. James further, then James also says that for whoever shall keep the whole law and yet stumble in one point, he is guilty of all. It's like, wow, really started to make me think. Then, then I came up with other answers, like, but, but I think I'm, I'm okay. I mean, I, I'm an okay guy. I'm pretty good, you know. But then later on, I realized this is what the Bible says about you thinking that you're basically good and you're righteous. Romans. In Romans chapter 3, 10 to 12, this is what it's written. As it is written, there is no one righteous, no, not one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks after God. They have all turned aside. They have together become unprofitable. There is none who does good. No, not one. There is none who does good. No, not one. That's why Jesus, when, when one of those persons came up to him and said, Good teacher, he said, and Jesus said, Why do you call me good? For there is no one that's good except God. Are you, are you saying that I am God? And then in Romans, it goes on to say this. Romans chapter 3, verse... 23, this is, really the, this is really the condition of man. This, is, this was my condition. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The more I tried to answer, the more I discovered that this is my condition. That I was actually a sinner. I thought, I thought, I thought, but no, I was actually a sinner. And it says here that because I am a sinner, for the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. Death here is the punishment for sin, and death here is to be separated from, from God for eternity. There lies the problem. The reason why I cannot go to heaven and spend eternity with heaven was because of sin. Because I am a sinner. There is sin in me. And the Bible says that that without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. Because God is a righteous just, a righteous God and a just God, He cannot just let sin go unpunished. Say, for example, that you committed a crime. Okay, here on Guam. Ten people saw you commit the crime. The security camera saw you commit the crime. The police saw you commit the crime. When you stand before the judge, you cannot just simply tell the judge, Judge, I'm sorry. You know, I, I, I know I was wrong, but it's my first time to commit a crime. Can you just let me go? No. You have to go to jail. The crime needs to be punished. So the, the throne of God established in righteousness and justice, what more with God? And that, that's, that's, that's the nature of God. He is just. He is righteous. He is holy. But at the same time, here's the good news. We have been looking in this series about who God is. And in week one, we should, remember, I should, we, we, we saw that the same God that is holy justice and will not let the guilty go unpunished is also a loving, merciful, gracious, abounding in goodness and truth. That is also God. And in week three, we saw how God is the one that sees. He is the El Roi. He sees. And he's not only sees, he has compassion on our situation. Man, remember that? He is the God that sees and he has compassion. So therefore, because God is loving and compassion, he does not want his greatest creation, mankind, to go to sin and spend eternity in, in hell. Okay? So God devised a plan or God came up with a solution. 
And the solution is what we talked about in week four. When Abraham was about to offer Isaac, God provided a lamb for a burnt offering. Abraham prophetically declared that God will provide a lamb for a burnt offering. So who was that lamb that was provided for? John the Baptist, when he saw Jesus, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. He was pointing to Jesus. Jesus was God's solution. Jesus was God's provision. He was the one that was provided. He was the lamb that was provided as a burnt offering. So that's what we're talking about. Jesus, Yahweh saves Okay, Yahweh Yasha, he's there to deliver us from that place. So what did Jesus do? Because sin needs to be punished because God is just and righteous, but since God is merciful and abounding in goodness, his solution was to, for Jesus to take our place. His solution was for Jesus to take the punishment and the judgment for our sin. And at the cross, Jesus did that. He died a death that we're supposed to die. Jesus didn't have to die on the cross. You know why? Jesus has no sin. So the death that he died, he died for us. And that's how so the result of him dying on the cross is what we call salvation. We are, we are, we are for, because he died, the death that he died, we can then be forgiven of our sins. We can then receive his righteousness. And that is the result of him dying on the cross. So we receive righteousness or we receive salvation when we receive what Jesus has done for us. That's how we experience salvation. When we receive what Jesus Christ has done for us, then we, begin, we receive salvation. Amen? And 24 years ago, I did that. 24 years ago, it was February of 1997, just to give or take a few more days from now. It's February. I expressed that desire because the, the two-question test brought me to a place where I realized that I cannot save myself. Trying to save yourself is really like you trying to swim from Guam to Hawaii. You can try. You can even take Michael Phelps with you if you think he can do it. But it is physically impossible for us to swim from Guam to Hawaii. It's the same thing with salvation. It is impossible for us to gain salvation and to earn salvation. But it is a free gift. That's what it says. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. It is free. And what do you do with the gift? You receive the gift. So 24 years ago, I did that. I received that. I expressed my, my heart to God and said, Lord, I want to. I want to receive you. And that is how salvation is experienced. It's not just thought. So in closing, I just want to do this. Perhaps you've never done that. You know about Jesus. Knowing about Jesus is different from experiencing Jesus. You know about Jesus, but you have never received what Jesus has done for you. And today you say, I want that. I want what you did. And today you want to express that. And it's simple. To express, to receive what he has done is, is so simple. You just need to pray. And I did that. I prayed to receive him. And I stand here today, 24 years later, never in my wildest dream that I'll be doing this. I'm now here telling you about him. So if that's you today and you want to express that, you want to receive the pre-gift of God, I want to give you that opportunity. I want to pray with you. Amen? So if everybody can just bow their heads, close their eyes, 
And I want and I want to take this time to really just survey the the sanctuary. And, and and if you're watching online for the very first time, and you also want to express that desire today, you say, Lord, I want to receive that free gift of salvation that you have given to me through Jesus Christ. So before we pray, I also want to know who I will be praying for. So if you're if that's you that describes you, and today you want to receive that free gift, you 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 have that desire to do that. I will pray with you. So if you're ready and you want to pray, I also want to know who I'm praying for. So what, you, what I want you to do is just raise up your hand and look up so that way I know that we will be praying. Ready? Is anybody here? So go ahead. You can go ahead and raise up your hand and look up so that way I know that we'll be praying. I see that hand right there. Yes. Anybody else? I see that hand right there. Anybody else before I miss anything? I miss anyone? Okay. Let's pray. And if you're watching online, just follow along with us, okay? Let's go. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross, for dying the death that I deserve. I accept what you have done for me, and I believe that you were raised from the dead because my sins had all been put away. I confess you now as my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yes. If you pray that prayer, this is the beginning of your salvation. I got a few minutes. So it's been 24 years, like I said, and God has brought me so far from what I thought where I would be. So this is a summary of 24 years. Okay, let me show you what God has done for me. Because in the Bible, it says this in Romans 5.17, For if by one man's offense, death reigned through that one man. That's why it says that for the wages of sin is death. When you were a sinner, death is always in front of you. That's why you're scared to die. Because you don't know what death will bring you. But now that you are free and you are saved, death is now behind you. The death that you deserve to die has already died 2,000 years ago. That's why you are called born again. Your spirit has been born again. You can now pass from this death and go directly with, and go to the heaven with God. So that's why death reigned through Adam. But it says in 517, it says, Much more those who receive the abundance of His grace, those of you who just received that, and those of us who has received it many years ago, it says that we receive the abundance of His grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life through Jesus Christ. And my 24 years with Jesus, this, has been, this is what He has done to me. I couldn't really... This is the, the, the summary. Jesus has given me a new beginning. In Romans or in 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. Before I received Christ, my life was kind of messed up. I had no direction. I did not know what to do. I did not know. I just got back from the Philippines. I was here. I did not know what to do. I, I was so confused. But then God began to give me a direction. He began to open. Uh, he, I began to discover who I am. I never imagined that I'll be here today 24 years ago. Amen. He gave me a new beginning. And then he gave me a new relationship. I was adopted uh, as an infant, uh, so I have two sets of parents, but both sets of parents, I did not have a good relationship with them. So therefore, I, uh, God has built in me, in, in 1 John it says, 
How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. Welcome to the kingdom of God. You are now a child of God. And this is what God has built up in me, a new relationship. Because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. I learned to be a son through, through, through God. I've learned how he is as a father. Yet I have two sets of parents, but yet I, did, I didn't have a close relationship with them. I learned how to be a son through, through, uh, through our heavenly father. And then lastly, God has given me a new life. He gave me life in the sun. This is really my family. I had nobody. I knew nobody. When I, when I got back here in 97, I left all my friends in the Philippines. Uh, uh, I did not know anybody. The, the second day in Guam, I was in Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship. I was at the church. This became my family. The church became my family. Uh, everything that I do revolved around church. All my time, my talent, my treasure went around, uh, got involved in the church. If there's something going on between church and work, I would always say church. My greatest testimony, my first testimony was that I was so willing to give up my job because it, because it was, uh, it was uh, taking time of my Sunday. And that's why my boss said, go find yourself another job. Said, okay, I'll take that. God is bigger than you. Then two, two months later, he reconsidered, okay, you can stay in this job. Amen? Church. This is what salvation is. It is not just a power insurance that you can go to heaven. It is much more. Having Jesus in your life is so much more. Amen? It is the greatest life to live. Do not walk away from him because your best life is really in him. Amen? Let's pray. Oh, for those of you that pray that prayer, we have a, a tool that we use to continue this relationship called one-to-one. -one. So after service, please make your way to the right and we will provide you with that. Also, as Pastor Mark always say, tell someone. Tell someone about your decision and also begin reading scripture. I would suggest, for me personally, the book of John, okay? So let's pray. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for what you have done to us. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you that through him I have salvation. That through him we can spend our eternity with Jesus. So Lord, have your way. Continue to protect us. And I pray, Father, that Lord, we continue to enjoy this relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're watching online and you pray that prayer, contact us, okay? Call the church. Or if you're international, I don't know, email us, of, uh, I don't know, make a way. Let us know. Amen? Amen. We're dismissed, church. Have a good week. And I'm rising up with you. Rising up with you. Rising up with you. Rising up with you. You take me high on the wings of your truth. Yes, I'm rising up with you. Grabs a hold of me You pull me up from the